Hey, yo, hey, and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Black, here to help you navigate thoughts, feelings, and actions to help you live and feel like a badass. Every week, I'm tackling barriers and limiting thoughts that keep us from showing up each day as our most complete and authentic selves. Fear, people-pleasing, guilt around prioritizing self-care, giving too many shits about what other people think, and so much more. So if you're ready to empower your inner badass, put on your sassy pants and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey yo, welcome back. Bear with me today because I've got to admit I'm a little worked up. Here's the thing. I'm a big, big, big proponent of personal accountability and responsibility. I believe we have so much more control over our lives than we give ourselves credit for. I believe when we're struggling and when something is particularly difficult, we look for reasons outside of ourselves to explain what's going on. I'm not saying that this is wrong or bad. I really do try to keep this a judgy-free zone. What I will say, though, is that when we do this, we're giving away too much of our personal power and ability to influence our lives. This is something that I really want to dive deeper into in a future podcast, but that's not what has me so worked up today. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd who's into fitness, nutrition, health, mindset, mental health, general wellness, personal development, all the things. It's not only fascinating to me, but it's also relevant. It's relevant every single day. Because of that, I have a tendency to forget that my curiosity has led me to exploring topics and learning things and how to think critically about them in ways that so many people don't, which again, that's totally fine. Everyone has their own interests. But in my nerdy ventures, I tripped over a documentary called Obesity and Corporate Greed, a DW documentary posted on YouTube last month, which is a German public broadcast service that takes a global look at daily life and events, to sum it up. I'll leave a brief description about them in the show notes. So let me paint a picture for you. I'm sitting on my couch with my blanket and my laptop, Bella snoring next to me, and listening to this documentary while I'm working. I'm barely a few minutes into it when I hear about the Energy Balance Movement and the Coca-Cola Global Energy Balance Network, which I quickly learn is what the documentary is ultimately out to debunk. This launched in 2015 and touted a network of scientists working together to fight the obesity epidemic. Maybe you remember this, but for me in 2015, apparently I didn't know my ass from my elbow and I missed it entirely. Anyway, in case you were ignorant about it like me, let me sum it up. This entire campaign, a global campaign, basically said that there's no quote-unquote compelling evidence that sugary, fatty foods, and fast foods are the cause of the global obesity epidemic. Instead, they say that the problem is that people aren't burning enough calories during the day and that we need to be in balance. So the TLDR, food isn't making people fat, lack of exercise is making people fat. So literally, you guys, my mouth dropped open and my eyes kind of bulged a little bit as I'm staring at the screen in disbelief. And I'm thinking, what the actual fuck? The next clip included some Coca-Cola advertisements about how, you know, one can of Coke has 140, quote, happy calories to spend on extra happy activities. So at this point, my hair is on fire and I'm yelling, you've got to be fucking kidding me at my TV. Uh, let me pause for a moment for some total transparency. Diet Coke is my vice of choice. It's not a diet thing, I just really find the taste of regular Coke to be too sweet, and I have a weakness for soda, like a lot of people. 
I leaned pretty heavily on soda when I quit drinking alcohol, especially. I can also put away nearly a whole package of Oreos in a day and no longer keep chips in my house because one bag of chips is one serving and I don't care how big the bag is. I know myself and I stock my pantry and my refrigerator accordingly because I want my body to feel good. I want to feel good in my body. And quick disclaimer, my rant is not about what actually causes weight gain. Everyone is different and while there are some general facts around it, my rant is about how, fueled by greed, Corporations use their money and power to mislead well-meaning people who are trying to make informed, healthy choices. Thankfully, other researchers came out and said, um, this sounds fishy, and they dug into it a bit, and the research happening through this Global Energy Balance Network and Coca-Cola has some serious conflict of interest issues. It's shocking, I know. I'll drop a 2018 article in the show notes that I found. It's from Public Health Nutrition Journal, which is published by Cambridge University Press. And it goes into this conflict of interest a little bit further in case you're interested. There is something to be said about weight management with energy balance. Calories are energy. And when we consume calories from the food that we eat, we are taking in energy that is then expended during physical activity and just general daily living. You're burning calories or using energy, whether you're moving or not. But here's the thing. By and large, people grossly overestimate how many calories they're burning with any given activity. There are so many factors that play into how many calories you burn that even estimates on the cardio machines at the gym or what your Apple Watch told you you burned is likely to be moderately to highly inaccurate. Regardless, it's next to impossible to out-exercise an unhealthy diet. If you're taking in 5, 7, 10,000 calories a day, it is incredibly unlikely that you will be able to burn that off unless you are some sort of professional or competitive athlete. So to tell people that they can continue to eat what they want and can prevent obesity by moving more is horribly misleading. Now, the part about this that pisses me off so much is that this is a global campaign comprised of scientists, which lends this sense of credibility to what they're saying. As such... We as the general public would like to be able to believe these people know what the fuck they're talking about. To think that we can't? I don't know about you, but that just leaves me feeling a bit defeated. So, while I don't 100% agree with everything that was said in this documentary, much of it I do agree with. I recommend checking it out and keeping an open mind. I'll pop a link to it in the show notes. I also recommend being curious about whatever you hear, regardless of who's saying it and not relying on any one source for the truth. Get both sides of the argument or the discussion, whatever it is, and consider your own personal experience. I'll come back to this at the end of the podcast because there's an important point here. Okay, so you know the backstory of what prompted this little rant of mine. Here's the point that I want to drive home with all of this. I believe we are personally responsible for the habits and choices that influence our health. We decide what food we eat, how much of it, how much we move our bodies, and in what ways. But our ability to consistently make choices that are going to help us feel our best and live healthy lives is strongly influenced by collective bullshit being fed to us. I'm going to do a deeper dive into this at some point because I find it fascinating, but the way that food corporations have pushed the propaganda to serve their own financial greed and interests at the expense of our health and safety is truly mind-boggling. Just a couple of examples to consider. Think about like 
the change from the food pyramid to the my plate structure, the war on eggs, the got milk campaign, the war on fat, the meat, it's what's for dinner campaign. And this is just to name a few. I want to point out that this is not to mention the diet culture and all of the fad diets that have been circulating for God knows how long. That's a whole other rant entirely, but keep that in your back pocket for another episode. The point is, yes, you're responsible for your choices. However, it's unfair to put the entire burden on any one individual. How are you supposed to make informed choices when quote-unquote experts who are driven by greed and power are feeding you false or misleading information? You approach your lifestyle with the best of intentions, and you trust the information that you get to be true. For the record, my issue with all of this has absolutely nothing to do with body size. I realize that the title of my podcast might suggest that I give a shit what size you are, but I don't. What I care about is, do you feel like a badass in your body? People of all sizes can say yes to this, and people of all sizes can say no to this. You can still gain weight and become obese by over-consuming healthy foods over-consuming being the key word there. And my big problem with all of this is that if you're not feeling like a badass in your body and you want to make changes, how are you supposed to do that when corporate greed is sabotaging your efforts just so they can further line their already full pockets? Something I want to acknowledge about the documentary that spurred this rant and, you know, about documentaries in general is that they are most often a very targeted perspective. The documentary I watched is no different. There's obviously an agenda, and it's pretty dramatized. So, for example, the documentary includes a commercial uh, that was aired in Germany, I believe, and I don't have details about when it was aired. Um, But it shows a mother and her young son sitting at the dining room table. The son is coloring, and she opens a paper bag, and she starts pulling out this drug paraphernalia. And... Essentially, the commercial is showing that she's about to inject her young son with drugs. And at the very end of it, as you think that she's getting ready to inject him with drugs, the shot switches to her giving her child a hamburger. That's really excessive, in my opinion. So food should not be demonized. I also think that this commercial was targeting the wrong problem because it's targeting the consumer and not the companies that are driven by greed People should be informed, not scared shitless. And how helpful are these scare tactics, really, if these horrifying or sad commercials are aired in sequence with a Coca-Cola commercial? And I'm speculating here. I have no idea what other commercials were played around this. But, I mean, you can, you know, turn on the TV if you watch TV with actual commercials anymore and just take a look at how many of those commercials are... (laughs) Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and fast food. I mean, so how effective is it really? I am a firm believer in the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the time we should all really be trying our best to eat nutrient-dense foods that support healthy bodies. Food is also meant to be enjoyed and brings people together to socially connect, which is so, so important to our well-being. It's not unheard of for people to avoid social gatherings because they're avoiding the food that will be at the gathering. It's definitely considered a form of disordered eating, not necessarily an eating disorder, just disordered eating. And that's heartbreaking because not only is this counterproductive to holistic wellness, but it's done with the intention of trying to be healthy. Again, what comes up in all of this is this idea of extremism that I mentioned in episode three, when talking about the kinds of advice that I hate. 
this degree of extremism can be overwhelming and people don't take action because if they can't be perfect, then why try at all? Or in an effort to do all of the things exactly as they've been told, they upend their entire lifestyle only to find that it's not an enjoyable way to live. Consequently, people end up feeling stuck, beaten down, and like they've failed. And it's heartbreaking. And of course, I'm not talking about absolutely everybody. Don't take anything I say in absolutes because there's always the exception to the rule we're individual human beings. Coming back to the documentary, though, it was interesting to see how this corporate greed has manifested in multiple countries and how it's certainly not an isolated problem. I'd like to be more optimistic and say that some of the movements and attempts to combat this problem are really going to be helpful, but it kind of seems like trying to drain an Olympic-sized pool one tablespoon at a time, while at the same time it's being refilled. Maybe a poor analogy, but still. Ultimately, I think to really make any changes that will truly make it easier for consumers, it would be to focus on the corporations, not the public. And who knows, maybe we'll get to a point where it's like it is with cigarettes and tobacco products, where companies can't advertise those products. They can sell them, and people can make their own decisions about what they consume, but they can't advertise them. Imagine what we could do with that if that was the regulation for, you know, quote-unquote unhealthy food. Obviously, this doesn't sound like a realistic option. At least to me, that's obvious. But I think that's what it would take. And the reason I don't think that it's realistic is because these great big corporations with their bottomless pockets have the power and ability to fight this through influencing lawmakers and legislation and just all kinds of things. All of this is to say, if you've been down on yourself at some point for feeling like a failure and why can't I just make the healthy choice or anything like that, take a breath, give yourself a hug and know it's not your fault, at least not entirely. While personal accountability is critical to living a badass life, you're not a failure. Every day, our efforts to make healthy choices are being sabotaged. And I know this sounds really extreme, and I'm not saying that this is every food company out there. In the last few years, it's actually been really awesome to see companies pop up that truly value sustainable practices that support healthy choices. I'm not going into that right now because I don't have a lot of details or facts, but anecdotally, it does seem like this is becoming more common, and that's a step in the right direction. As dismal as all of this sounds and as fucking frustrating as it is to understand how much is working against us, it's important to know that there's still a lot working for us as well. It'll just take a little bit more effort on your part. First, like I said, be curious and also be objective or try. This is tough because it takes some time and taking an objective stance on something we're emotionally vested in can be challenging. And food is often very emotionally charged. So when you hear something about this food is good, this food is bad, eat this every day, don't ever eat this again, whatever, be curious and dig into the information a little bit further and look into the opposition. This is so important because truly, I don't believe there's such a thing as like a not as non-biased information. So to get the truest picture, you have to investigate both sides and then ask yourself the question, is this information credible? If you're getting nutritional information from someone and they don't have any nutrition credentials, take it with a grain of salt, no pun intended. Also understand that medical doctors don't necessarily have a solid education around nutrition. That's not their expertise. 
that's where registered dietitians come in. And that's what registered dietitians are for. Be a little bit careful about people who have the title of nutritionist because it's not the same as registered dietitian. And you'd want to look into what that nutritional background is a little bit. Uh, Social media influencers, just because they look a certain way doesn't mean they know what the fuck they're talking about. So just be aware of that. And I'm not saying that you need to do this for everything. But if you're considering a big change in your life, like if you are considering a plant-based diet or going gluten-free or whatever the case may be, and it's a bigger change, right? Take some time to investigate it to see if it's really right for you and really try to get all sides of the, the conversation. The next thing is exercise for health, not for weight loss. Exercise can be helpful for weight loss in a lot of ways, but from a calorie or energy expenditure perspective, it doesn't amount to enough to support weight loss significantly if you're still overeating. It's so, so much easier to eat a thousand unintended calories than it is to burn an extra thousand calories. However, exercise and physical activity is still a critical component for your overall health, for building muscle, improving your cardiovascular health, supporting your mental health, stamina, balance, joint health, so many things. So, so many things. Focusing on exercise for weight loss is really sort of doing it a disservice for all of the benefits that it can really provide. The next one I wanted to share with you is eat mindfully. Part of the reason that quote-unquote junk food is so easy to overconsume is because it tastes good and often comes in excessive portion sizes. There's nothing wrong with indulging from time to time, but how you consume it and how much is something that is within your control. Now, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here a little bit and admit that this is something that I often feel like I don't have a lot of control over. Consequently, I often have to do things like just not buy foods that I can't eat in moderation. And this is because if we think about, you know, like willpower, for example, research has shown that willpower is not something that you just have the same amount of all day long. You might have more willpower in the morning but you're not gonna have that same level of willpower in the evening, especially if you have to tap into it often. So for you, what this could look like is that it might mean that you pre-portion what you eat. It might mean that you don't eat those foods in front of a screen and that you eat mindfully so that you don't overconsume. and really making sure that you are enjoying the flavors and the textures and all of that. I also consider reflection as a part of mindful eating. How do you feel after you've eaten something? Does your stomach hurt? Do you feel lethargic? Does it give you energy? Does it give you headaches? I've been working a lot on this in particular because I'm notorious for eating way past full when something tastes good. It leaves me with a stomach ache and no energy. And then there's the mental component to it. I'm frustrated and disappointed in myself because I freaking know better. So I've really built that self-awareness. And now that I've done that, I've been making a very intentional effort before I eat, to ask myself this question, is it worth it? For example, not necessarily eating something, but consider soda. I know soda makes me feel bloated and gross. Is it worth it? That's a magical question because if I take even just a couple extra minutes to think this through, the answer is often no. And sometimes it's, it's yes, and it is worth it to me. And I've made a conscious choice knowing that future Sabrina will be pissed and it'll be a thing and yada yada. So remember, mindful eating includes before and after you eat, not just while you're eating. And the last thing I want to send you off with is instill habits and behaviors that demonstrate you love yourself. 
Sometimes we approach changes in behaviors for the wrong reasons. Before you say to yourself, oh, I need to eat this, or I need to not eat that, or if I eat this, I'll have to spend an hour on the treadmill, just stop. Stop and ask yourself, what more does my body need? It's easier for us just, I think, mentally to, uh, you know, give yourself something rather than take it away. So maybe that's more water, more rest, more fruits and veggies, more nutrient-dense snacks, more whatever. What does your body need more of so you can feel like a badass? When you incorporate more of those things that are going to better support your health, you might find that you just don't really have the, the hunger or capacity for the things that don't necessarily support your health. And just by the nature of it, you consume less of those things. Okay, so there you have it. It's a little ranty rambly this time, but I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe got some good information or tips out of it. If you take away nothing else from this, take this away. Be curious so you can be informed. There's always more than one side to everything. Actively seek that out so you can make informed decisions to support a badass life. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And until next time, take care. Later. Many thanks for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I hope today's chat gave you some things to noodle on and that you're walking away feeling inspired and empowered to live a badass life. If you got any aha moments out of today's conversation, please snag a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram. Tag a friend or two and tag me at sa.brina.brina. That's S-A.B-R-I-N-A dot B-R-I-N-A and include the hashtag badass is the new skinny. If you could also drop me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would mean the world to me. For more of the good stuff, head on over to my website at sabrinabrina.com. Now, go kick some ass, and I'll catch up with you next time. Make it a good day.